Hello, my friends, and welcome to Stand Up World, episode 18. A day late and several dollars short. Thank you for tuning in again to the little podcast that could. I'm enjoying doing this. A lot to talk about today. Also going to tell you about a couple of things. A couple profiles up on the platform, standupworld.com. One on a great comedian that we've lost, but I don't want you to forget. We should, no one should forget the great George Miller. And another one on a comedian out there that I've just gotten to know and become friends with, who's fantastic, Maximini. And um, I'm going to also tell you about a couple upcoming shows that I have. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the vaccine and the booster because I've been taking a lot of pot shots at the damn thing. So I will say, speaking up for it, I, I had a new booster, another booster, a week or two ago and um, had an erection for seven days after it. That was my um, side effects. <laughs> I could also hear the neighbors whispering across the street in their house. And when I sneezed, our garage door opened. So those are some odd side effects. But I lived with them. And um, I will say that I'm very, very healthy. I know I am. But if I were tested right now, I would test positive for COVID, malaria, diphtheria, polio shingles rickets rabies and scurvy okay i'm not saying that uh, big pharma has rigged the deck against us i'm just saying they're loving this shit i have a buddy who's a sales rep for johnson and johnson who would love this joke it would make his johnson tip the boat over if you know what i'm saying if you if you get the gist of that gag which is not much of a gag and does not have much of a gist by the way, speaking of sales pitches, that's what they should have done instead of having these all these idiot celebrities in a row just harping and lecturing. Just speak right straight to all those airmen, pilots, and soldiers and cops that they were laying off that were vax hesitants and say, hey, we laced the damn thing with a high-octane version a Viagra. You're going to be stiff in perpetuity, okay? You're going to be your own version of a booster shot. You get it? You're hard on demand. You should just get one celebrity, Nicole Kidman, to announce it. Have her look into the camera with those big lifts that make her look like she's got a giant frisbee folded up in her mouth in half. It's called, hey. Take the booster shot, sweetie, and then come and sit with me in an empty movie theater and we'll have nothing but fun. I'm way overdressed in this empty movie theater, but I will sit with you if you get a booster shot and have an erection. It's me, Nicole, darling. But uh, get the jab. 
get the jab. How hard on yourself do you want to be? How's that for a line? There's big money in having us all boosted up on a monthly basis. Even if we start to glow in the tunnels of the subway, we all need to take the damn shots. My son took his like 10th shot yesterday. He was so happy, too happy to get it. He really, he was too, I, I finally said, are you a heroin addict and you're just messing with me? No, dad, these are the needle tracks of a concerned citizen. These are the needle tracks of a heroin addict. I don't know. I don't know. Smoking a Padron, by the way. One of the best cigars in the world. Nicaraguan. This is my, this is my one vice still left. I've been clean and sober 38 years. I got clean and sober in a program. I'm not allowed to mention the name of it. But it rhymes with yay, yay. I got sober and yay, yay. Got sober the first day they tell you, you got to get a sponsor. I said, can I get Heineken to sponsor me? He said, no. No, sit down and shut up, you little Jew bastard. And all the meetings were in churches too. So, But yeah, I had to give up booze and drugs. I missed it. I had to give it all up. The wild sex. I missed the crazy times. The wild sex. Hot women. Threesomes. Foursomes. And hot tubs. And in limos. And private jets. But when you get to the point where you just got to walk away from the porn. You know what I mean? I had to walk away from the porn. I, I blew out both of my wrists. Look at that. Blew out my neck. Well, my knees. I don't know how you blow your knees out looking at porn, but I did. Porn is bad. It's really bad. There's nothing good about it. Only one good thing I ever found about porn my whole life was getting the kids to fall asleep when they were young. I was wasting time on these stupid bedtime books, you know. Read these dumb little books for hours. Good night, moon. Good morning, sun. Hello, happy, silly horse. Nothing worked. All they wanted was more. One more time, daddy. One more time. Read it one more time. Finally, I showed them porn on my iPad. They were just grossed out, confused. Their eyes went up into the, rolled up into their head. They just shut down, both of them. They were like frogs in science class. It was perfect. They went out cold. They both grew up all messed up and weird, but I had a nightlife during those years. I would have spent a total of five years on the side of those beds with those dumb books. One was a knockout drug. Look, kids, here's something you've never seen. An orgy. Look at this one. Look at that. There's 10 people. Look at that. At the same time. Porn is generational, too. That's the other thing I'll say. I took my computer. I'll, 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 and I'll serious. I took my computer to the Apple store. And the kid waiting on me told me he had to, they had to send it away for two weeks. And totally as a joke, I said, well, what am I going to do about without my porn for two weeks? Without missing a beat, this kid looks at me and goes, Oh, sir, we do that on our iPhones now. 
would you like me to arrange a, a, a genius bar appointment for you to help you out with that? And the kid was serious. That's what's so sad. <laughs> and I tried it. I tried it to disastrous results, by the way. Disastrous results. I, uh, uh, right in the middle of it, you know, I'm just working away and I get an incoming call and it was from my temple and it was from my rabbi and his picture just comes up and it's like, <laughs> and it messed with me. I'm telling you, it messed with like the wiring in my brain. I'm telling you, cause like in this, this was like six months ago. I have had no desire to look at porn at all at all but i gotta tell you man i i i so want to suck my rabbi's cock <laughs> i don't know why i i just i can't i i have to wear a blanket during the high holidays it's so weird but i don't understand i don't understand me i don't understand anything i understand this padrone i like it Padrone and Foundation Cigars. But they're not my sponsor. I'm not going to do a commercial for them today. They're not my sponsor anymore, but I still am a big fan of them. And Padrone and... It's all good. Let's go on. Let's move on. I want to talk about George Miller. George Miller... When I first got out here, George Miller was doing the tonight show and he was from seattle and his mother actually was the bookkeeper at the comedy store and he lived in this little apartment across the street this little tiny little cubby hole just a place with just a a bed and a, and a bathroom basically and david letterman had a little room across and my friend harris pete had a room there and he was a great guy. He was a great comedian. And he was kind of like a modern-day George Goble. I think that's what the guy's name was. But he, he really was a really great comic. He was like Norm MacDonald was, was he was one of Norm MacDonald. When I w met Norm MacDonald later, he would tell me, told me that he used to love George Miller when he was growing up. But George was a one-liner comic, basically. But all he wanted to do was be a comedian. He just loved stand-up. And he and Letterman became really good friends. He was one of Letterman's best friends. Letterman's best friends were him and Tom Dreesen and Witherspoon, I think, and Jeff Altman, of course. But he was really tight with with george in fact when george was sick at the end of his life david took care of all his medical expenses david was really good to him but he he only wanted to be a comedian which which nowadays is more common because you can do more with it and have your own podcasts and do more things but but back then that was rare everybody wanted to get a sitcom and you know, and get into acting and other things and directing. And, but you, you you couldn't go that far as a comedian, be an opening actor, you know, but George didn't care. George wanted to write jokes, 
get on the Carson show, get on talk shows and do drugs, <laughs> you know? He was a great guy. When I, my very first um, money I ever made in show business, really, and it wasn't much, <laughs> was writing a joke for George that he did on The Tonight Show. It was a dumb joke. He went to a really drug-oriented high school, high, high. But it was a kind of joke that George knew how to sell and do. And he loved it. He bought it off me. I think he gave me $50 or something. I don't know. But I was 18 years old. And I was making $26 a night working at the comedy store. But he was a really good guy, you know, and we used to smoke pot with him. But he didn't love pot. He wasn't a big pot guy. There's more pills and shit, actually. He got himself in a lot of trouble with drugs later in his life and pills. But he actually got sick is what he did. I, I forget. I think, he, I think he died of a form of leukemia or something. I'm not sure. But he was a really good man and really funny. Here's a little some stuff of him on The Tonight Show. This is his first Tonight Show. Oh, hey, I'm glad you're all in kind of a flaky mood tonight because it's always a kick to present a new young comedian on this show. And he, this is his first appearance. And his name is George Miller. And George will be at the uh, San Diego Comedy Store the 25th of this month through the 30th. Would you would make him feel welcome, would you please? George Miller. George Thank you very much. How are you tonight, okay? You don't have to answer. I can't stand audience participation. Um, <laughs> listen, I know you don't know me. I come from uh, Seattle up in Washington, and... Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Well, the thing I always remember about growing up in Seattle is I always felt sorry for my mom because, I don't know, she always had to work an outside job. She was putting my dad through prison. And, uh, <laughs> well, my sister, my sister was another one in the family I felt sorry for because she was one of these people. She had this complex. See, she felt she was odd looking. And I don't know. I never thought she was that odd looking, but she was always, you know, real self-conscious about her noses. And uh, <laughs> at one point for a couple months, we lived with my grandparents and they were getting along in years. And I think because of their influence, to this day, I still get along well with elderly people. Unless they brag about their age. You've all been victims of that. Look at me. I'm 94 years old. Well, good. That means you'll be passing away soon. <laughs> My grandparents were Pentecostal, boy. Fire and brimstone. If you're not good, you're going to hell. And I grew up fearing that. I got to be good. There couldn't be a worse possible fate. But my attitude changed a couple years ago because I saw that movie, The Exorcist. Remember the demon? The demon says something like, your mother does perverted acts in hell. And I thought, well, maybe it's bad, but apparently they do have a recreation period. <laughs> and then this is him a little bit later. <laughs> and this was one of these real fancy places. I felt impressed. 38 waiters for one table, and they specialized at these fancy places. They really... Especially the butter waiter came over and gave us some butter. The coffee waiter came over and gave us some coffee. The water waiter came over and gave us some water. The head waiter came over. They really specialized. <laughs> they really, uh, 
And there's a little uh, profile piece up on him on standupworld.com this week with some other links and those links and some more stuff on him. But, uh, man, anytime you can dig deep and watch old George Miller stuff, it's worth it. If you love stand-up comedy and you want to learn the history and the art form, you can see a lot of guys took from him and learned from him and were inspired by him. Uh, I miss him. He's a good guy. I want to move on to my buddy Max Amini, who's become a new friend, and he's uh, someone that I, I, I met. He's a good friend of Jamie Masada's at the Laugh Factory, but he's he's really a fantastic comic. Just really solid. Solid. You know? And um, I, there's, enough, there's a piece on him up uh, on this week on on um, standupworld.com, a couple links, talk about him. You know, he's, he's, his lineage is Iranian, Iranian, I'm sorry. I always get that wrong. And I have so many Iranian friends, so many really tight friends that are Iranian. And it's just, I always go back, Iranian, Iranian. And that's, I guess that's Max's like entree into the business, but it's not really, he's just a great comic. I mean, he does crowd work better than almost anyone I've ever seen. He, he just, he's just great at it. But he's also a great monologist and he's really good at talking, dealing with it, talking about his life and his history and, and, the history of, you know, his lineage, his people. But he also has a lot of pride being Iranian. And he plays all around the world to huge theater audiences. He's, he's very well known among the Iranian people and the dysphoria, if that's right. I can never figure out if dysphoria means displaced people or if it means diarrhea i i never know what it i i always just confuse those two but i'm pretty sure it means people that have left a country and i know what it means i'm just looking for a joke here sorry settle me down someone throw something at me fast but Max uh, is very well known among the diarrhea of the Iranian, Iranian diarrhea. And uh, they love him. They love him. I, I have a couple friends who of, are Iranian uh, Americans, and I brought them up when I became friends with Max. And they, they just said, oh, yeah, we've seen him in concert at the theaters here in town, and he's amazing. And um, he speaks with a lot of pride about being Iranian and he, in, a, in a really cool way. I really respect that. Here's a little something from him that's on, online that you can get. 
How many Iranians here? Iranians, let me hear it. Iranians. Oh, cool. That's very nice of you. Very nice. Very nice. I'm glad you all came out. That's very sweet, man. Iranians are good people, man. Uh, you know, uh, one thing, a lot of, the uh, cool thing is there's so many Iranians live in Los Angeles that actually other races are very familiar with our culture. Like, uh, you know, white guy, for example, like a lot of my white friends, like they, they've dated Persian girls. They're like, oh yeah, I dated this girl named Nulufar. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. And they always have some shit to say. But, you know, Middle East, <laughs> Middle Eastern woman, I'm going to say this, Middle Eastern woman, they all have one thing in common. One thing. They all say this when you meet a Middle Eastern or specifically a Persian girl, when you meet them, they all say the same line. I go, hi, uh, hi, where are you from, Persian? Nice to meet you. She goes, oh, I know, I am Persian. I am Persian, but I'm not a typical Persian girl. I swear I'm not a typical Persian. I'm very different. I am so different, you don't even know. I, I, I just, I'm not a typical Persian girl. And you're looking like, are you serious? <laughs> like you're wearing black, head to toe, five pounds of makeup and a Gucci bag, <laughs> and the nose job? <laughs> no, no, this is not a nose job. This is not a nose job. See, I had breathing problem. <laughs> I had a breathing problem, and the doctor said, you have to get a job right now. See, I couldn't breathe. My nose was like this. And the air was getting stuck in the mountain right here. No, seriously. And my brain was going without the oxygen. So I had to get a nose job right there. I didn't care to make it beautiful. I just had to do it. Now my nose is like this. When I breathe, it goes straight into my head. Oh, I feel so much better. I am not a typical Persian girl. Very different. <laughs> The other thing I love about Max, by the way, is how entrepreneurial he is. I really relate to it. He's just, he does his own thing. He's created his own world. He, he, he owns his own building and he's with a studio and a podcast studio and thing. And he's just, you know, he's just, the guy's, he's got something really special going on there. He's not only, is he a great comedian and an actor and he's just, there's something going on there, man. Check him out. Max. Amini, and uh, uh, if you go to standupworld.com, I've got all his links, his podcast, his Instagram, everything, and go see him live. Right now, I know he's in town. He's not. He's not going out a lot right now. He's trying to not to lay low because of a lot of stuff that's going um, on internationally with the Iranian people. He's trying to respect that, which I got to give him for that. But he's going up at the Laugh Factory a lot right now. So go up to the Laugh Factory in Hollywood and check him out. You can see him in a, in a small setting, which a lot of times you can't. But he's pretty fantastic. But go to standupworld.com and see the profile. Maximini. And my friends, that's it for today. I will throw in a little... Plug for John Tobin Presents. If they want to throw something in. The ding was in perfect place. I will say I'm going to be at Nick's Comedy Stop in Boston the 24th and 25th of this month, February. 
And March 23rd, I'm going to be at the Ice House. Mike Binder and Sort of Friends. Some really good acts. And I have a bunch of other shows coming up that I tell you about next week. But this is it. That's episode 18. We're setting them up and shooting them down. I am really loving this. And I really... I thank the people that are listening and following and downloading and sharing it. And I ask you nicely if you could comment and rate this and help me move it along and share it and do all the things you're supposed to do to help a a little guy just starting out wanting to somehow kick through the clutter. Anything you can do to help out. Episode 18, out. Thank you. Love you. Love you.